Hi, welcome back to the I Am Certain That This Is A Podcast podcast. I am your host, Mark Paul Freeman, and I am here with Dan Folgato. Hello. And the star of the show, Anna Paul Freeman. Heyo. Uh, this is, we're, we're doing episode three, song three on the album, and we have a special guest with us today. Whoop, whoop. Rachel Teixeira. Hey, hey. Yeah, you said it right. Yes. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Please correct if I'm... No, that was great. That's how okay. Americans say it. How do not Americans you say, say it? it? Teixeira, right? Yes. Yes. Because is it a Portuguese name? It is. It is, yeah. yes. I'm half Portuguese yeah. for those listening. So we just wanted to get into uh, this song and as always kind of dissect where it comes from, the songwriting, um, a little bit about how it was recorded and produced, um, but really just really get into why the song came to be and how it landed on the album. So I think we should just start with the origin of the writing process, because this is an older song. Um, and so maybe talk Anna about how the idea came to be and sort of how you saw that song fit with the others. Yeah, um, I've had this song kind of in an unfinished state for many years. So I started writing it. We were just talking about this a little bit ago. I think it would have been 2015. Um, and and the interesting thing about this song is each verse is entirely its own story. So um, the first verse is about change. The second verse is about grief. And the last verse is about sleep. And they were all written about their own specific ideas. Um, so the first verse change, um, I started writing that because, so we were a part, I'll just, people always say like a big mega church in Seattle. We went to Mars Hill of all of the 10 people that listen to this podcast (laughs) know about Mars Hill. Um, so that was a very painful and big, um, kind of catastrophic feeling ending to a church for us. Um, and so we, we found this local small little church and really enjoyed getting to be a part of a very like low production, simple sort of church right after Mars Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't even a year after us being there that they merged with another church, um, moved locations. It was a bigger congregation, a bigger building. And for me, it felt really jarring. Like I, I felt like we had finally that there's a line that says I, when I had just begun to settle in, like I finally felt like I was able to breathe and and get acquainted and comfortable with where we were at, and then it changed again. And so that's kind of the the thought behind the first verse. Um, the second verse I wrote, uh, similar season of time, um, we struggled with fertility quite a bit with our daughter Cassidy. So we were able to conceive, but it took us a long time. And and every month for me was extremely painful. Some people try to get pregnant and are super fine for it to take many months. I cried the first month we didn't get pregnant. So it kind of sent me up like for a, a painful couple of months or a lot of months. Mm-hmm. Um, so that grief verse is about fertility. Um, and then we braked for like eight years, six years, something like that. And then I wrote the third verse about sleep because I've struggled with chronic insomnia for years and years. Um, so I wrote that verse 
about that feeling of um, when you don't get sleep, how your whole life gets filled up by that. So the line is, your absence filling up my plate. Um, And I just kind of needed to write down this struggle that anybody who knows me or is close to me knows that I struggle with this, but I don't talk about it like publicly all that much. So um, it's just about that kind of season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it seems like the the common thread between the verses is about kind of naming something that you can't get control over or something like that, right? Like that you, you're kind of calling out this like noun and saying like, what is it about this that I can't get over and I wish would be different, but it's kind of like, it's done something to me. Um, Yeah, for sure. All of them are, all of those verses and all of those seasons of life, if I think about them, are all me being out of control. I'm not the one who, who gets to choose what's happening. And so something outside of me is, is happening and I'm having some thoughts and some feelings about it and then kind of um, trying to walk through that and make peace with it. Um, and just seeing like each, um, e- each verse has some bit of resolution at the end of it. So even like the sleep verse saying at the end, like I'm left in desperate need of grace. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> It's not a comfortable thing, but it's not a bad thing. And I think at the end of each verse is me trying to come up with some sort of um, peace or resolution or if I can't control it, how can I find some bit of solace, I guess, in it? I'm curious, you said a minute ago that Rachel saw the continuity between the, I'm curious what you see as the continuity. Yeah, I was surprised hearing that you kind of saw them as disparate ideas um, because for me, I think that change can be such a complicated thing that's good and bad. And with change comes great things, but also grief, which you talked about. And then also lack of sleep. Um, there's a lot of things that take a hit from grief, or not from grief, but from change. When you're trying to just get your bearings and figure out how to handle what's happening And I definitely picked up on what you said about feeling like you're not in control of any of these things. Um, So I loved it. To me, it felt super cohesive. (laughs) I thought that was the plan. (laughs) But that's what I love about songwriting is just that you can mean something and then everyone reads in their own experiences. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I kind of had something similar, but to me, it was actually like, it's funny that the middle verse is the grief one, because to me, I felt like the whole song was grief. Like the whole song had the like, which I feel like I th- I think as a human I'm coming to the conclusion that like most of life is actually like grief or or unprocessed <laughs> grief, you know, yes. and that is I found that really fascinating. Just thinking I was thinking about the song driving over here and going like, that that is like a theme that you like you either grieve as a human or you don't, and if you don't you're super stuck, and if you do there's like freedom in life, and like I feel like if you do grieve everything that we know life could be is there. Mm-hmm. But that's been the fascinating thing, just kind of thinking through, like, yeah, I just, I like how, like, it's funny because the song is really, really simple in the lyrics, but there's, like, so many layers that you can keep on peeling because it's so universal to what we're all kind of experiencing as humans. Yeah, I would I think say. Is great songwriting. Yeah, out of the, lyrically out of the album, this one is maybe more, um, like, it's not so specific to my exact 
experience. It is about my experience, but some of the other songs I feel like are more um, directly about me. And this one I can see more people can interpret it how they need to in their own stories. I absolutely loved the way that you described grief in the song because it's super realistic and honest just about how... um, So it comes like a thief trying to steal your joy and you feel like you can't fight it. You can't resist it. It's something that happens to you, sort of. And then you talk about... um, You heard that if you face it head on, then it won't be as strong. And... um, that's always been my experience is like you, it just happens to you, you deal with it, you face it, um, and it does become less strong with time. Um, but I love the way that you described it. It was beautiful. And I am not the strength of resisting. Heard if I face you head on, your clenching grip won't be as strong. There will come a day do you have any other thoughts on change just as a concept as a concept yeah like so you you wrote this song what seven eight years ago yeah how how has that concept evolved in your mind since writing the song finishing the song recording the song and now we're recording this podcast well i feel like at first So I used to have like zero confidence in my ability as a songwriter. (laughs) None. I didn't play them for anybody. I didn't share them with anybody. If I did, it felt like a really big deal to text somebody like a little voice memo. And then I would just wait till they responded. And sometimes they wouldn't. And then I thought that was confirmation that the song was terrible. Like that's where my like state of, of confidence was, was very low. Especially if I think about this song, when I wrote it, I think I shared it with like one friend and and it was only like the most safe friend that I could share a song with. Um, and so I think over time, when I think about the whole idea of change or, you know, at, even just songwriting, um, I think I guess I care a lot less that each individual person is like completely moved by everything that I write. And I feel more strong and confident that all humans have a point of view and have a perspective that is worth telling and listening to. And so it doesn't matter if mine is the most interesting or the least interesting or somewhere in the middle, most likely somewhere in the middle because we all are. And to just be okay with that and to let that be um, still worth telling. So when you say like, when I wrote the song to recording it, I do think there was some strength that came like um, this song had kind of snuck along, but it was never a full song and I never loved musically the whole concept of it. Um, I think it was a couple years ago I was practicing it and Mark came up and said, what if you, what if you syncopated that second chord? Because this whole song is two chords. Um, And so I kind of like played it and it was a little jarring in the beginning. And then I heard it and was like, Oh, this song is actually cool. And then all of a sudden I could like, hear more things that were happening on the piano and I could start to like ad lib a little bit and feel it a little bit. And it went from something that felt pretty stale and then made it more interesting. And then that's when I wrote the third verse is because at that point, um, I, I had more to say, I think yeah. because the, the music of the song felt more exciting and fun and it felt like it encapsulated more the feeling of the lyrics, which is something to me I always 
care a lot about. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's cool how, you know, new ideas, even from that perspective of like a new musical idea was enough to kind of unlock the creativity and kind of spark something new in the song again that maybe had been sitting dormant for quite some time. Um, and so yeah. that, you know, I think that's just a testament to songs can come from anywhere and they can be put on the shelf for a while and brought back and all of a sudden, you know, this was something that made it onto the the full-length album that you have been wanting to put out. And it's cool that, like, it it wouldn't have, you know, had just not this one little thing happened in between. You? You were the thing that happened. Oh. I guess. Ooh, <laughs> uh, I had no idea. But I'm, but I'm sad marriage. It was, <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic duo. Oh, uh, man. 90% Anna. Hmm. Um, well, yeah. But, I mean, the things like that happen all the time, right? That just kind of give you new new energy new motivation to kind of pick something back up it's totally true and i mean even like you hearing like a different rhythm like i i love music to be collaborative that was the whole point of this album like even we talked a lot about recording things like in the same room with each other we wanted it to sound like real people playing and feeling and playing off of each other and i think like with having rachel come on this song um i have sang this song have sung this song the same way for a long time. And then hearing Rachel's like vocal runs, I was like, oh, there's a different way. Yes, there's a different way. <laughs> and like it, just hearing other people's brains and thoughts and talents coming to the same thing for me is exciting to just hear. Um, I'm only one person and I only have my one set of ideas. And so it's always exciting to hear what other people bring to it. I'd love to talk more about Rachel. Yes, I was actually going to say, <laughs> yes. I'm itching I, at it. I want to know like what your experience was listening to the song for the first time because it's probably a demo at that point. Yeah. It wasn't a mix. And then it was like a selfie video, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so great because you sent me this uh, folder of demos. And this one in particular was awesome because your kids were running around in the background. <laughs> the and they were like, they were like, mommy, mommy. And you just like kept going. Like it wasn't happening. This is like a window into the whole songwriting process. We of will Anna. get it. We will get through this song. We will get through this song. I loved it. But, but oh, even man. with like the chaos in the background, like I could tell it was a really good song and was super excited to collaborate on it. Yeah, I just had this idea when I played the song. I wanted it to feel a little bit more like soulful. There's not a lot to it. Like I mentioned, there's two chords. There's not a lot of like fancy, fussy, anything about this song. I just wanted you to be able to feel it. And I wanted to be able to feel it when I played it. And um, I loved the idea. So Rachel has this like fabulous, soulful, how many people have? I feel like Amy Winehouse whenever I describe you. Do people oh. <laughs> talk about her when they talk about you? But just like this strong voice. And I wanted to have a little bit of that grit and strength on this album that I just don't have. I have a softer voice. And the louder I sing, the more like a Disney princess I sound. So I just needed <laughs> someone else. And so anyways, I asked Rachel and she said yes. I was yeah. very happy. But it was super fun to make. Uh, these guys are all making fun of me because I showed up to record with my little melodica. Mm -hmm. Looks like a little toy piano I with a little tube. I have never in my life, <laughs> in all of my years in the 
industry. <laughs> Seen anyone show up with a melodica and just perfect their thing yeah. just so so perfectly. Dominate. Just, just dominate. Yeah, destroy. It's basically Sorry, a kid's a toy like, and it sounds terrible. No, it but great. it was amazing. I had this like vocal idea uh, that I needed to get my uh, notes for and it's just the most fun way to with, accomplish. Was it post-it notes or note cards? I can't remember. Post-it notes. Post-it, post-it notes. notes. Yeah. It, was, it was so perfect. It was really... I'm sad I missed this oh, It was man. great. It was incredible. Well, especially because each one... So there was a couple times, I don't know if it was this song, there's a couple times where like Rachel would have an idea and she was like, okay, I just want to like stack the harmonies. And like right away she'd sing something and there's one of them that you wait, were. Wait, kind- it, it it would be like, <laughs> j- just give me, just give me a minute, <laughs> and then and then you do your thing. Yeah, because okay. you would say like, uh, I'm not sure about this one, and then she'd be like, just 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 push the just button, let me build just, it, just do it. <laughs> yeah, and then once it all went together, both Dan yeah. and I were like. Oh yeah, this oh, is awesome. Oh, she this knows is great. exactly and what she's doing. But they, oh, they looked a professional. at me. The crazy thing is, we used all of it. Like yeah, we yeah, were yeah. counting it up, and like she sang on seven songs of this album. Uh-huh. Seven out of the ten. In how many hours were we there? Two. <laughs> two? I was More? running on two hours sleep. That's the most yeah, efficient. Two hours. That's the most efficient like, recording of this whole. It's the melodica man. Yeah, she sang like an actual feature on this song. She does all the background vocals on like. So much, so many things. It's amazing. Anyways, very. You fun. guys did look at me with mistrust a few times. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I out I'm so birds. sorry. It's okay. It was the lack of sleep. It wasn't the talent. I promise. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, I am. I do want to circle back around. I just mm-hmm. want to. Um, the question that keeps coming to my mind is, how did the topic, the concept, whatever, like affect? What was your like instinct when you first heard the song, and then what was it like coming up with parts and all that stuff? Yeah, well, so first of all, I gravitated towards the grief first, just because I have a pretty intimate relationship with grief, and I always see it as a good thing. Um, I feel like it's healing, and it actually helps you if you face it. So I kind of took control of that verse. (laughs) And then um, I just kind of heard this like soulful Bob Marley background vocal type thing in the in my head and I wasn't sure if it was going to work out but uh once we stacked it it sounded really good and you guys kept it so it couldn't have been terrible we kept it (laughs) that's great but I love the way that it turned out it has a really good uh build in the middle I love the dynamics um I really like the way that our voices sound together I've had Anna sing with me once or twice um yeah Yep, and we work well together, so I was more than happy to uh, be part of this. It's like the first time I've ever had to actually sing with my full voice, was yeah. singing <laughs> harmonies with you. <laughs> but I absolutely, that folder of songs that you sent me where you're just recording yourself, like selfie with your camera, <laughs> I totally fell in love with it. They're really good songs, and seeing the progression from start to finish was like mind-blowing. I just want to know, was the rocky ground MIDI explosion in that folder? It had to have. Okay. It was. Okay. okay. <laughs> it was. You know about that? I, just I didn't quite know to what confirm. to think about that. But. <laughs> At some point, well, when we get to that episode, we definitely need to include the audio oh, yeah. of 100%. the rocky ground oh, totally. MIDI explosion. I think I was like, no, we're not. Uh, d- we can't even do the song. I think yeah. that's what happened, right? And then it ended up working. Oh, okay. I fought Different for it. Song. Different I fought episode. for it. Yeah. 
this one actually was one of our, if we're talking about that, like which ones we choose, both of us were like, yeah, let's do it. Because we played this song. We played a house show at our house, as it works. Um, well, you also played the Tom Brady song, right? Was it Tom Brady? <laughs> oh, gosh. Why right? Let's yes, not go there. I did. It is a Tom Brady song, right? Wait, what? I did play a Tom Brady song. Right. That yes. was the one that you wrote in college. How many Tom Brady songs? We're getting songs our songs mixed have? up. I wrote Are I we? wrote a song about Mussolini in college and then Tom Brady <laughs> early in our marriage. Okay, As moving one on. Does. <laughs> We're definitely I'm not cutting that out. I'm not cutting that out. At some point the world will hear it. It'll be amazing. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, I played we played that song, Change, and it was really fun. This is when I think you were the one who said uh that my songs do better live. And that was kind of my first thought of like, oh, this is how they're supposed to be. When we all played together and you could like let the space and let room for improv, like the songs have some life and breath to them that is hard to mimic in a studio, but it was kind of like our goal. How can we get this to still have the life and space? Yeah. That well, this was, to me, this was the first time that we, we've done two records together. The first one was sort of pieced together in a strange mm -hmm. way so this was the first one that we had like it what felt like complete control yep you know what i mean like we get to decide how this sounds sure there's time constraints we did it in a very quick kind of thing because of space and all these sort of parameters that we had but i think that was the cool thing was like this actually was the first time of figuring out from a logistical place but also from an art perspective how do we want this to sound? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that we took a lot more like, I don't want to say liberties, but it's just like, it feels to me significantly more human than mm -hmm. the first EP, which is what I would say. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to like slight anybody that uses a lot of samples and stuff. That's a whole like genre of music that I actually listen to quite a bit, but I also think they can be kind of a crutch a little bit. Um, when you don't know what to do, you know you can lean on something that already sounds good. Yeah. And totally. so it, it takes a lot of effort to be the person that's creating the thing yourself. Um, and this song I love because there's really nothing. There's nothing. There's just... Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about that. Like, it is probably one of the simpler songs on yeah. the record. So what... What I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, that can actually be harder because it's like it's so simple it's like it's boring or it's getting you know mm -hmm. so like what were the challenges of kind of community because i i agree i think it sounds human it sounds open um i think the whole record does yeah open yeah, yeah but this one i mean it's got a slower tempo it's kind of like it, it lends itself to just kind of like those gaps of like for rachel to fly yep and for you know just like things to little there's like little piano little ditties kind of throughout and then just like I don't know what what were the what was the motivation around filling the song in certain places or leaving it open to kind of communicate the feeling you were going for. Well, I think like Dan and I had that conversation many times in many different songs of like how do we fill the space, and I didn't want to. I wanted to leave a lot of openness. Which is so frustrating because it's so <laughs> hard to mix. At least for me it is. I'm not that great, but it it's so hard to fill. But I feel that. like we did, and, and partially I knew that once we did all the background vocals, that it would change yeah. it because I was just waiting. I wanted to fill the space with vocals and mm. with singing more than filling it with guitars and textures and stuff like that. 
because I'm a singer. I think mm-hmm. that I just to me it's exciting and it feels more um what naturally comes to my mind is vocal parts. I'm not a guitar player, so I can't think of that. And it felt exciting to this one's mostly filled with organ. That's like the only like kind of consistent space filling thing that we have. And then it brings a lot of life to be able to, like you said, like Rachel can ad lib and she's not um, like competing with anything else in the mix. It's just like space to be able to sing. And I, I like that because it feels like what you would get if you were just going to go to a show and listening to like a very simple four piece band. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's what it would feel like. Yeah. So I think it's great. Yeah. Thanks for letting me play organ on it. Yeah, you did. You don't actually did. I really love it so much. He played organ on everything. I couldn't do it. It was just the Nord. Oh yeah, uh, because we didn't have like a anything like you know like an actual organ to play with. But it it just makes my soul very happy. (laughs) Yes, it's funny because I'm like more of a piano player than he is, and I would like kind of try and was just like. Dan, will you do this? Organ and he's like, I got you. It's different than playing piano. It's, it's very it's different. It's a different mindset. It's it like, really you're kind of like, it's almost like you are having to think of it, especially in the context of this song, you're kind of having to think of it as a texture mm. in the way that it like comes in and out in the way that like the, my favorite part of an organ is the Leslie speaker, mm. yeah. you know, that you can yeah. like slow down or mm-hmm. speed it up. And so like knowing when to use that stuff, I feel like I did it on some of the record. I think there's other songs too that have it. And, yeah. Um, it is just my favorite thing to play. Mm-hmm. And if anyone is trying to get rid of one, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. put your cell phone number in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cell phone number uh, will be in the show notes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Dan Fulgato <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm absurd. trying to find. I'm literally I'm on offer up in Craigslist like every day right oh now trying to find. Oh my gosh! This is absurd. Anyway. Out of time, curiosity, was there anything that you guys tried that didn't work out that you ended up scrapping? A lot of acoustic guitar. <laughs> it, it's in there. It's in I there. heard you kept trying I to did sneak that, that I in. I did in my cool. spare time at, in my house where Anna couldn't <laughs> see that I was recording it. I think the thing with me on that one, though, was I did I did actually feel like sometimes with acoustics, it's nice to add them in almost to sound like shakers. So it's just adding like yeah, percussive Just percussion, stuff yeah. Versus like, oh, here's the like acoustic part. So I think that was my intention behind it. I think the only thing we scrapped yeah. maybe was like guitars though, electric. Maybe I don't remember if you did it on this song, but I know on the record there were times that we were trying things out and then we ended up do- choosing something else other than that. This one did have it. Oh. Because okay. I remember <laughs> I remember I went to Guitar Center and I was like, oh, there's a specific electric guitar that I think would be great on this record. And I'm going to go buy the guitar and then I'm going to return it after the record's done. Oh, and that's actually exactly did, what I did. You just admitted that. I just admitted Ooh. it. That is Ooh. why we have a 60 day return policy. Okay, guys. I didn't do anything illegal. This is and Dan so, Fulgato. Daniel at, Fulgato. At Dan Fulgato. <laughs> Production pro tips. Okay, guys. Record tips. Um, we did it with symbols too, but didn't. Yeah, what's we did Wait, it with symbols, and we didn't end up. <laughs> we didn't use, use it. it. We no. didn't use it. Yeah. So Mark Palferman also <laughs> did the same thing. <laughs> Went to guitar, the same guitar center actually. Oh, oh um, man! But I do remember recording parts late one night, and you were just like, "Nope, nope, nope." And I was like, "They're kind of cool." Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then I like tried to swing it in at the very last minute, and you're like, "This, they have to go." <laughs> so they went, and I actually am happy we didn't keep them. Yeah, but. It's that's part of the thing though. Like there's so much of us just trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work and, you know. I love that part of recording though. Like 
What would a tuba sound like right here? (laughs) I'm not sure we went that far. (laughs) I always do. Well, we did have horns, though, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, we did. On the record. Not this one. Not this one. But yeah, I'm very happy with this song. It feels very simple, but it feels concise. And it, you know, I feel like when I, I remember when I sent you the mix, you said this, it has life. And I was like, yes, yes, this is the feeling. It just, it be Mm -hmm. the feeling that the songs can breathe and have life to them was exciting. Yeah. And thank you again for Rachel, to Rachel, (laughs) for adding your vocals to the song. Yes. Yes. Um, My pleasure. It was super fun. Recording is one of my favorite things. Okay. So that's a wrap for change. And here's the song in, in its entirety. friend you dare to show your face again when i had just begun to settle in i've seen you time and time before your unsteady ways they push me forward and i am forced to trust my lord once more
friend You dare to show your face again When I had just begun to settle in